This is Chris. Welcome to episode 312 of X Lapsed, where we're still working our way through uh, the Infinity comics, where, uh, you know, we, we kind of missed some of them last month, so we're getting that out of the way now. And uh, a little bit of housekeeping before we get into it. Um, I just received word that uh, this month, or I guess last month's DCBS shipment should be in my mailbox today. So um, it, it, I'm not sure if it is or if it will be, but... Uh, even if it is, uh, the plan right now is that next episode we will wrap up the Paradise Lost story that we've been working on here, the uh, Juggernaut Deadpool thing. And then from there we'll hop back into uh, into physical media if, in fact, the books do, you know, actually show up. As we know, um, you know, DCBS shipments are, uh, well, they're spotty, <laughs> at least for the past several months. We don't know when uh, they're coming in, and when they finally do come in, we don't know what books are going to be in there. So for all I know, they could be in the mailbox today. I could trudge my ass down there to get them and still have no Xbooks. So I guess we'll find out when we find out. But the plan as of right now, as mentioned, we're going to wrap up Paradise Lost next episode and then keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best from there. With that said, let's hop into today's chapter of Paradise Lost, the penultimate chapter, which uh, is to say, uh, well, we're not going to have a whole heck of a lot to talk about, but we'll do our best anyway. This is X-Men Unlimited, Volume 3, Number 19. We'll say January 2021 cover. Uh, Paradise Lost, Chapter 7, So Much Rotten Side. Written by Fabian Niciesa with art by Matthew Hork. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Letters, VCs, Joe Sabino. Edits, Amaro White, Zabolski. This appeared on the Marvel Unlimited application on January 24th of 2022. And unless you're psychic, you'll never guess what we're going to open up with. Well, you you probably yeah you probably know what we're gonna open up with uh, comedy comedy in the form of a uh, hilarious rejoinder. Uh, we'll just finger flick our way to the story. Um, so we're back to it, right? Uh, Deadpool pays off a joke that apparently closed out last chapter. It's a movie reference or something, which um, a I don't really see movies, so I don't get it, and b. I don't feel like attempting to navigate my way through Marvel Unlimited's mostly unfriendly UI to go back to the last chapter and find out what it was that he actually said. It's just not worth it. Anyway, we hear a rumbling from here, which leads to even more of this nebulous movie joke. Now, Wade posits that the noise might be coming from Maximilian Shell for making fun of his movie. Now, Shell was in like 1,188 movies in his life, so uh, we'll just pick one and roll with it. I'll say that they're talking about and making fun of uh, 1961's Judgment at Nuremberg. Sound good? Fair enough. Anyway, by now the human adaptoid has recovered from having a jump ship land on him, so it's time to fight. 
But first, uh, Juggernaut wonders if the Adaptoid might have some of Eunice's powers. It's like, hey, this jump ship didn't touch him. And then Wade says, hey, you know what? Eunice is untouchable, but there was this one time where he was able to uh, tickle him. Cool story. Um, Anyway, it's here where Kane starts directing traffic. You see, he's like, Deadpool, you're going to go face off with the sleepwalking Krakoa, because the island is technically asleep, while he takes on the Warden. Now, Wade's cool with this, and even goes as far as to wager the next round of brews on who beats their baddie first. I, I guess Krakoa isn't technically a baddie anymore, right? But uh, you all know what I mean, I'm guessing. Uh, anyway, Wade gets splatted, like, right away. And the art and body language here really does the uh, the heavy lifting in as far as making the scene actually funny. Like, Deadpool, he heads off, and he is literally splattered against Kane's back, and then he like, plops to the ground in, like, a crumpled heap. It's a really, really fun visual. So, with Deadpool down, uh, just like uh, Joe Frazier a few episodes ago, uh, Kane's on his own. Kane has to do this all by his lonesome. And the Warden mocks him, both for his lack of character, as well as the fact that the island does not want him here. And Kane's only reply here is that he's a work in progress. The Warden then twists the knife a little bit by reminding our hero that Krakoa was totally cool with having pieces of crap like Sinister, Apocalypse, and Magneto living on its back. But, for whatever reason, Juggernaut's a no-go. And I mean, they might be oversimplifying this just a little bit, because those three pieces of crap are mutants, in fairness. Uh, Whereas Juggernaut and Deadpool, while we're at it, uh, regardless of what some jag-off comic stands on, like, legit comic review sites, who somehow have far more credibility than me, might say, are not mutants simply because they're ex-adjacent. Anyway, the Warden then fires a bunch of hornets at our hero, and these are Swarm's powers. Swarm, of course, was part of the uh, 2020 Juggernaut miniseries we covered here. Uh, we even get a footnote here about it, so uh, hats off to the editors, the editorial process. Now, here's the thing. Juggernaut's already figured out how to stop those hornets. But, you see, in doing so, he's kind of taken his eye off of some of the prize here. And so Krakoa takes this opportunity to strike. And the Juggernaut's grabbed and thrown all the way across the island here. So Krakoa is uh, thereby added to the ever-growing list of things that can, in fact, stop the Juggernaut. The Adaptoid then turns his attention back toward Deadpool, who's still trying to put himself back together. Now, it's a slow, painful process, and when Krakoa decides to stomp on him, well, that kind of sets the whole operation back a little bit. The Adaptoid then chats up Krakoa, asking to have a few specific citizens of the place presented to him. Those citizens include Sinister, Magneto, and Professor X. Speaking of Chuck, how about we join him for a bit here while he tries to uh, reach out to Kane mentally. And he's kind of surprised that he can actually get through the Juggernaut's helmet, since... That was always kind of the thing. Every time the X-Men ran in with the Juggernaut, it's like, hey, we gotta get that helmet off. And that was basically the the paint-by-numbers fight with the Juggernaut. Anyway, here, that's a different, it's a whole different ball of wax here. Kane says, hey, this is new armor, I make the rules here, I can control what gets in and what does not. And our hero asks that Charles try and get through to Krakoa so that he can maybe get a fairer fight with the Warden here, because it is kind of... Uh, It's an uphill battle right now. He can't face off with his foe while the island is trying to kick him off constantly. So Xavier says he'll try to stir Doug Ramsey just enough so he might chat up the island here, because, I mean, everybody is asleep. That is kind of the the gimmick. He then asks Kane to quit destroying chunks of the island, which is a really stupid thing to say, isn't it? I mean, we know that that, that Xavier is kind of... I mean, Professor X is a jerk. It's, It's a meme. We know that it's true. 
But to say this while he's being tossed around the island by the island is kind of, you know, not seeing the forest for the trees. And, you know, speaking of trees, it's not like Kane is, like, tearing trees out of the ground. He's not submerging beaches into the sea here. Krakoa's being a dick. And so Kane's simply trying not to die. From here, we get some uh, actual nitty-gritty conversation here. This is kind of the, the stuff we were looking forward to. It's quick, but definitely something we've wanted to see, or at least I've wanted to see since uh, we started talking about the Juggernaut in this era. Uh, Kane flat-out asks Charles why uh, pieces of crap like Sinister and Magneto can live there, whereas he's not even allowed to set foot. And Xavier kind of stammers, but doesn't give an answer. It's all moot anyway, because Kane tells him to, like, shove a sock in it for now and just get back to trying to communicate with Krakoa. We'll talk about this another time. Let's hop back to the other end of Krakoa here, where the human adaptoid has been presented with a very off-model Mr. Sinister. Like, very... eh, just... it don't look great. Uh, Just as the Warden is about to blow Sinister's brains out, he gets his own brains blown out, courtesy of the almost-recovered Wade Wilson. Now, the Warden regenerates his head thanks to the stolen Deadpool healing factor. He then goes all uh, uncanny 142 on Wade, frying him like a sentinel would of Wolverine. Now, as Deadpool lay roasted, toasted, and burnt to a crisp, he tells Kane that he just figured out how to take the Warden down. Just then, from off-panel, we hear a kapow, which was apparently our big bad killing Mr. Sinister, and I'm sure we will never, ever, ever see Mr. Sinister again. But that's a revelation and a discussion for next time, because this is where we leave it. And, you know, before we talk about the chapter, um, I do want to... What is it even saying? Is it even prefacing when we're, like, <laughs> like way into the episode already? But uh, I- I've given this uh, story a lot of grief for the fact that the attempts at comedy really haven't worked on me. But uh, maybe that's unfair. I mean, humor is subjective. People... You know, laugh at different things. So maybe this kind of stuff is funny to some people. I'm just unfortunately not one of those people. I, I probably laugh at things that people think are, aren't funny all the time. So uh, I'll chalk the humor aspect of this up to just being Chris problems. They're just things that uh, that I just uh, don't jive with. Uh, in as far as the story's concerned, uh, this chapter, like, brushed up against greatness. <laughs> um... You know, ever since we started talking about the Juggernaut here, uh, one of the main takeaways we've had is the fact that he's not allowed on Krakoa, right? That's been the big thing. This is the whole Krakoan era, and this is one guy who's not allowed on there. Of course, it's been lampshaded by the fact that he's not a mutant, you know, just again, despite what some uh, very knowledgeable uh, reviewers might say. He is not a mutant, so... There is a little bit of a Krakoan deniability, I guess, in allowing him uh, access or not. But of course, that's been you know disproven time and again, where we've seen you know like North Star's husbands there, um, uh, you know Betsy's beautiful brother Brian's been there. Uh, you know people, uh, th- that whole uh, crew of slavers from the King and Black Marauders one shot. Uh, the champions weren't allowed on there. Scott did keep them off the island, which is weird, but um. Yeah, so the champions and Juggernaut are the ones that aren't allowed on. But with Juggernaut, we can kind of understand because there is, you know, there is a uh, pretty strained relationship between he and uh, one of the bigger movers and shakers on the island. So with that said, uh, this is the conversation I want to see happen. I want to see Kane, you know, chatting up the professor about this. And we got like two seconds of it here, <laughs> which... um. You know, if we're trying to humanize 
uh, the Juggernaut and trying to make him more of a sympathetic character. And Nicias has done a great job at making him more sympathetic uh, with his in his time with the character. But I feel like we could really stick the landing here in you know making him that much more sympathetic if we actually have that conversation with Xavier and actually get more than just some stammering and more than Kane just saying, hey, we'll talk about it another time. I actually want to have the conversation. Thing of it is, I'm not sure that we'll get that conversation in an Infinity comic. I don't know how vital these stories are going to wind up being. As I've mentioned before when we talked about X-Men Green, there are a great number of uh, X-Men fans out there that don't know that this series exists. So uh, this could just be happening in a vacuum. This is a story that could be contradicted when Legion of X kicks off. I mean, who even knows? But regardless of whether or not this is uh, something that's vital in the uh, you know in this uh, current landscape, I still want to see the conversation take place. And hopefully, um, I don't know if we'll have enough time in the in the next chapter uh, to have this conversation. It might just end with uh, Xavier telling Kane that okay, yeah, you've earned your. You've earned your keep. You're allowed to visit every once in a while. I'm really not sure. Um, all I can do is hope that next chapter isn't just all fighting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the fighting. This whole endeavor feels just a little bit stretched out. As, I, as I've been saying over the course of the past couple of episodes, it's yeah, this one is uh, maybe overstayed its welcome just a little bit. But um, not much more to say about it. Hopefully next time out there'll be... Uh, Something more to say about it, but uh, we will find out then Uh, For now, let's hop into our back end here We're going to talk about uh, Life of Wolverine number 3 February 2022 cover date Story's called Chapter 3, The Wanderer Written by Jim Zub, with art by Ramon Box Colors, Hava Tartaglia, letters VCs, Josebino Edits, Baumgartner, Basso, White, Sabolski Which means uh, probably at least one or two of those editors Actually read some issues of Wolverine Origins Since... (laughs) That's kind of the direction of this chapter. Uh, They at the very least skimmed, or maybe read a Wikipedia on it, I don't know. Uh, In any event, this appeared on the Marvel Unlimited application on February the 3rd of 2022. And here we pick up with Wolverine headed to Asia. He's ultimately going to wind up on the lawless shores of Madripoor. And uh, he refers to this as a place where he might lose himself in his hedonistic urges. Huh. There he meets a woman named Seraph. Now, they don't mention it here, but she was the owner of the Princess Bar back in the 1920s. She'd make her first appearance in Uncanny X-Men number 268, September 1990 cover date. And you know this one. You know this one. It's got that iconic Wolverine, Captain America, Black Widow cover. That really, really nice Jim Lee cover. You know it, I'm sure. Anyway, she lets our hero uh, loose both in the bedroom and on the streets of Madripoor. Now, the thing of it is, she trained him to be a killer, or a stylish killer. Uh, that's uh, not mentioned here. Here it just looks like he's fighting dudes, so it's like he could just be a bouncer for the Princess Bar, but then again, they didn't mention she worked at the Princess Bar, owned the Princess Bar here anyway. Now, it was ultimately revealed in Wolverine Origins, which was a series that I mostly set out because A, I hated that it was a thing in the first place, and B, it was written by Daniel Way, and uh, uh, but it was revealed there that this was all tied in with Romulus, a character I know precious little about, and even as a fake-ass comics historian, I'm kind of okay with that, because I've looked into Romulus, I looked into Romulus quite a bit today, as a matter of fact, and uh, he's kind of boring. It's it's like, 
Every event in Wolverine's life is tied in with this nebulous Romulus. It's... I don't know. It seems a little... Like, convenient is putting it mildly. But, um... Anyway, anyway, Logan, on behalf of the Hand, or uh, on a mission foisted upon him by the Hand, has his first run-in with Victor Creed. Now, this wasn't quite as random an encounter as it seemed to be at first. Uh, Sabretooth had actually been tracking Logan to avenge the death of his brother Saul, and we talked about that last chapter. Now, after a while, Logan leaves Seraph's employ and Madripoor altogether. He opts to return to Canada. There, he would meet and fall in love with Silver Fox. Now, Sabretooth would kill her on Logan's birthday. Now, in the original issue where that happened, uh, Wolverine Volume 2, Number 10, August 1989, cover date, uh, Sabretooth offed her because she refused to sleep with him. Now, the years have not been kind to this sort of straightforward storytelling, however, as uh, now it's all tied up in, what else, Romulus stuff. Hell, uh, Cyber even went so far as to suggest that Silver Fox herself was working with Romulus from the very start. Uh, not sure if that's actually a thing, or just something that he said to screw with Logan. In any event... The stuff that happened in Wolverine number 10 does kick off the tradition of Sabretooth attacking and very nearly killing Wolverine every year on his birthday. Now back to the story, uh, our hero is still looking for meaning and purpose in life, and he would become a mercenary and or fur trapper for the Hudson Bay Company. Then he'd be recruited by Frederick Hudson into a special unit of the Canadian military called the Devil's Brigade. And again, this is more stuff from Wolverine Origins. I believe I believe this was first mentioned as just a side comment in an issue of Alpha Flight, really wasn't dug into or anything. Um, until, that is, uh, you know, Wolverine Origins, of course, where we have to... I mean, the very mission statement of that series is to take little offhanded remarks like that and do whatever you can to flesh those into full-blown stories. So the first time we saw the Devil's Brigade was in Wolverine Origins number 17, September 2007 cover date, and uh, I believe we only saw them twice ever. Uh, now, the Devil's Brigade, by the way, was actually a real thing during World War II. It was an elite American-Canadian commando unit. And actually, the current-day uh, Special Forces actually have their roots in the Devil Brigade. Now, of course, uh, we're talking about, you know, Earth Prime here, our world. This was World War II. Here in the 616, though, it's World War I. And uh, Logan would actually fight in World War I, but that's where we leave him for now. So let's talk about this one here. Um, I mentioned the Juggernaut Deadpool story kind of brushed with greatness. This one kind of brushed with relevance. Um, this was an interesting chapter for me because, as I've mentioned, I know very little firsthand about Romulus. I, I believe my first ever like actual earnest deep dive on Romulus was during the... Uh, during my research for uh, X-Lapsed episode 200, where we took a look at the X of Swords handbook, which filled in a lot of Wolverine's origin for whatever silly reason, and uh, really went uh, went deep on uh, Romulus lore. But still, I don't know a whole heck of a lot. You know, uh, these are these are in the to-read pile. Uh, you know, whether I want to or not, they are there for me to check out eventually. But I know precious little firsthand about Romulus. Now, with that said, if we're reading a story that purports itself to be, you know, the chronological retelling of Logan's history and origin story, and we've retconned this Romulus character into playing, like, a major role in the uh, the origin story, shouldn't there be a little bit more than, like, a simple one-word mention of him in here? Like, Life of Wolverine, the series, 
isn't an entertainment series. It's an informative series, right? I don't think there's anybody out there who's reading this and is going like, oh, this is an awesome story, because it's not. This is an illustrated Wikipedia entry. That's all it is. It's a recitation of events. Of, I mean, to say quick and dirty is really overselling it, because we're getting just like a quarter-inch deep, uh, five-mile-wide swaths of Wolverine's history here, uh, where it's like they're trying to jettison the baggage, but they're also mentioning the baggage because you can't not mention the baggage, because it's there. And they made such an effort into, you know, shoehorning it all in, it's like it just doesn't know what it wants or needs to be. Like, is it Wolverine 101? If so, well, then stick the landing and make it Wolverine 101. Is it a story that's going to be entertaining? I mean, we did start with a framing sequence with him laying on a table in Krakoa. So, are you trying to tell an entertaining story? If so, do that. But instead, I feel like we're trying to do both, but actually accomplishing neither. You know, it's we're not learning much, uh, we're not getting much, and like I said, it's an illustrated Wikipedia entry. It's not that fun to read. Like, for me personally, not really being familiar with these aspects of Wolverine's origin, I'm reading this to be informed and filled in. And, you know, let me walk you through my process. You know, today I spent about a minute and a half reading this story, and then about 45 minutes bouncing around online doing my own independent research on trying to fill in blanks here. And I tell you, I'm an odd cat. I'm, I'm Not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to be that interested, invested, or... Sick in the head (laughs) enough to do their own independent research here So at the end of the day What's what's even the point of this Infinity comic? I don't know that there is one Plus, and and this is apropos of nothing uh, The name of this series, Life of Wolverine I think that only adds to the (laughs) To the confusion Because, uh I think people might see that and just think it's lives of Wolverine, you know, ex-lives, ex-deaths, and uh, just discount this as something that either they've already read. As a matter of fact, I remember there being a bit of confusion on the day that the first issue of this hit where people thought it was ex-lives of Wolverine and were very disappointed when it wasn't. So um, at the risk of uh, continuing to beat this dead horse, I will just uh, (laughs) stop talking for now. We will, of course, continue to cover Life of Wolverine here on the show as our Backup feature on Unlimited Day But um, more to see if uh, anything that's being told here Is going to tie in with those those two big miniseries That are uh, hitting the shelves every week right now And hopefully, maybe when we're at the other end Maybe retroactively this will all be a value-added measure um, I have my doubts, but uh, fingers crossed I, I've, I'm, I've been wrong before, I'll be wrong again I'm more wrong than I'm right So here's hoping But um Yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about uh, our comics today. Um, Let's hop into contact info so I can let you all get on with the rest of your day. Um, If anybody out there would like to get a hold of me, please consider doing so. You can find me a lot of different places. Uh, Twitter, Ace Comics, Instagram, 90s X-Men. Email, uh, weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. Hotline at 623-396-JERK. Blog post, show notes, chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. Facebook, 90s X-Men. Uh, the complete audio archives, anywhere you find noise, chrisandreggie.podbean.com. And, of course, there is the Patreon for behind-the-scenes stuff, some exclusive content, and a wonderful group of supportive folks. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that'll do it for me for now. I'd like to thank you all so much for making me a part of your X-Men reading experience. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya. See ya.